0: Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Welcome to Episode 119 of the podcast for May 31st, 2011. Today's podcast is produced in partnership with the Healthcare Value Network. And we're very happy to have Dr. Dean Gruner as our guest. He's the president and CEO of ThetaCare, considered by many to be a leading lean healthcare organization in Wisconsin. We're going to be talking about strategy deployment at ThetaCare. And this episode is a bit of a teaser for a DVD that has come out recently from the ThetaCare Center for Healthcare Value called Thinking Lean at ThetaCare Strategy Deployment. So if you go to www.thinkingleandvd.com, you can see preview clips. Um, You can purchase the DVD, a 40-minute production, and you can also see a link for a free white paper where leaders from ThetaCare, Group Health Cooperative, and St. Boniface General Hospital in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, talk about their use of strategy deployment as part of their lean management system. So as always, I want to thank you for listening. Well, Dean, I want to thank you for taking time to do a podcast with us today.
1: Hey, thanks, Mark. Always good to talk to you. So
0: I was wondering if you can start first, just give a, a basic introduction uh, about yourself and your role uh, at Care for the listeners.
1: Sure. So uh, my name is Dean Gruner. I'm a family physician by best, and I uh, serve as the president and CEO of ThetaCare um, and have done so since uh, April of 2008.
0: So we're gonna, you know, we're talking today about strategy deployment, and you know, I'm guessing listeners may know in, in general um, the the use of lean uh, within Theta Care and the ThetaCare Improvement System. But um, can you start off with maybe just a real high level overview of what strategy deployment is?
1: Well, strategy deployment to us is uh, trying to align the work throughout the organization uh, from. Uh, um, executive levels all the way down to the frontline people, and also trying to make clear what are the uh, breakthrough initiatives to the highest priorities in an organization in a certain period of time.
0: And so when, and can you tell us when and why ThetaCare started to incorporate strategy deployment into the management system, Why, why you saw that this is something, why you thought this is something that might be helpful?
1: Well, we, we sort of stumbled upon it over time I, I think our earliest work which really was not strategy deployment but was trying on this alignment concept was when we were trying to develop our our improvement centers or our tracking centers what people call our production control boards and we wanted to create a standard about the columns or the lanes if you will for the for that work um, so we started to do that we had a lot of conversation about those lanes should be and we we eventually said that we're going to have five of them. There would be safety, quality, customer, people, and uh, financial stewardship. Then as we did that, we, we really started to talk all about what our so – that was probably 2006, probably about five years ago um, when we really started to standardize that. A year or two uh, – probably a year and a half later, probably it was winter of 2007, 8 uh, we started to use A3s and decided we are going to start using A3s, which we refer to as a PDSA, as our method for selecting our, our major breakthrough initiatives. Um, and and we did that, and as, as we did that, we then had to try to talk about what our True North metrics would be and how are they going to measure our success in our strategy. So it, was, it became a very iterative process where we evolved into taking the work at our breakthrough initiatives for our sd work and communicating that um, through the use of the of the our, all of our improvement centers throughout the organization um, and combining uh the visuals of that strategic work of our sd work with the frontline work of the columns uh, that people have on their tracking centers. So the combination of those two things, sort of meeting in the middle, now that people on our front line can visually see every day at their, at their, uh, where they track their work, they can see how our big strategy issues connect to our two North met- metrics and connect to their work on the front line.
0: So you, you talk about alignment, and that's certainly a key theme, with strategy deployment, and you talk about the need to have more alignment. Um, if it's okay, could you talk a little bit maybe about some of what the current state had been when you were starting strategy deployment, um, why it was that you thought there was a need for better alignment or what an example might be of uh, an instance where the alignment um, wasn't as good as you would want it to be?
1: Yeah, well, the the, the, the way I would describe the gap, that exists today but is smaller today than, than uh, say, three to five years ago. Three to five years ago, um, on the executive team, we thought we did a great job of communicating our strategy. We'd go out and we'd talk to people using PowerPoint presentations. We'd have conversations. We thought we were going to do a great job. But if you ask people in the front line, you know, to what extent do they understand the strategy of the organization, they would rate that quite lowly in empo- uh, low in employee opinion surveys. So on the other one hand, so we're, we're thinking we're doing a great job of communicating it and we're getting feedback from employees that they don't really understand what the heck we're trying to do. And uh, then we're further looking at it and saying, boy, if, if we're going to have to move faster as an organization, it's really important that people on that throughout the organization all know what we're trying to do. So we're, we have this sort of uh, cognitive dissonance that – we're thinking we're doing a great job. First time that's ever happened in an organization, right? That somebody <laughs> thinks we're doing a great job, but getting feedback that there's a big gap. So, what we've done with with creating the visuals and trying to pull that into people's daily work is so that people understand more what we're trying to do, and then have conversations about it. Like, well, why are we trying to do this? So, it's it's really helped us a great deal from that standpoint.
0: Well, and I think it's fair to say that's not a unique uh, problem to your organization. I have a a friend of mine, for example, he um, works in an emergency department at a hospital in another state, and we were chatting the other day, and we talked about strategy, and his first comment was, yeah, my colleagues and I have no idea what the strategy is. So um, it seems like that communication um, is an important piece for getting alignment. But can you talk a little bit more about the idea of measurement. You mentioned tracking centers. Can you sort of describe briefly what that looks like for you and, and your senior leadership team?
1: Right. We, we track um, a number of things. So we try to cascade from our True North metrics, which we use um, four categories. So we, we have a triangle, as we refer to it. So people here talk about the triangles. The top is safety and quality, and the center is the customer. Lower left is people, and lower right is financial stewardship. So when we take those, those four parts of the triangle and we take them down into the, the areas that each operating unit would be measuring, it flows right nicely into safety, quality, customer, people, financial stewardship. So at a high level, if, we're, if we are know we're trying to track productivity and our financial stewardship and we're trying to measure our operating margin and our productivity as our two big system-wide roll-up measures, then at an individual department level, people say, well, what are we measuring? Are we measuring um, net income or operating income? Probably not, depending on the department, but they would be measuring things like um, uh, flat expenses per unit of service and productivity on their local level so they can see how it connects to the big picture. If they're measuring um people measures so we measure engagement of our people and we have that as a system-wide measure and we also me- measure their health what we call our hat scores, our health risk assessment scores so we know as a system we're measuring the health but how is the health in their operating unit They're, what are what are the health of their employees what's their OSHA recordable injury rate so people can see the cascade of, of that and they can look at that and say well, what are we going to measure here for safety? You know, what's our part of improving safety and preventable mortality, which is a true north metric and medication error? So what is that? And what we find is when people ask those questions then, they're, they're sort of self-aligning with the true north metrics. We say, well, geez, I can see how, what the system is. Now, what is our portion in this operating unit, in this business unit? What's our contribution to that? So um, in in some areas, they've done a fabulous job. In some areas, we've got more work to do, but it starts those conversations about how their work rolls up to the organization's overall strategy. Mm
0: -hmm. So it starts with communication of that strategy and then having measures that are aligned and meaningful, and then the other piece is aligning people's improvement ideas to those measures to that strategy. Can you talk a little bit about that process?
1: Well, that, that process is uh, very much frontline uh, generated. So we have a, a process that we've been um, doing better at over time where employees identify and improve opportunities by sort of specifying what is the problem, why do they think it's happening, what is the potential solution. And then it connects to uh, True North Impact so they circle whether so this is the safety, equality, customer, people, or financial stewardship issue or multiple ones. Um, the process then that we use is as people generate those uh, ideas in their huddles, they take those ideas and they use a, uh, a pick chart to prioritize them. Um, because we can't put all of them in play right away, so they prioritize them in a pick chart by difficulty and uh, by impact. And then after they do that, they sort of uh, uh, decide how many of these they can work on at once so when they've got some additional capacity to work on a new idea, they go over to their pick chart and say, well, which of these now, based on the impact it has and difficulty and the area that it will address, which of these are we going to put in play next? And they put it in play, and depending on how complicated that is, it may be something that's just a, a few hours' work to put in place, or it may require... Um, more thought in a, in a complete A3 or PDSA or may re- more require even a, uh, a whole week work of, uh, of a rapid improvement event. Um, but it helps people sort of again when they have to go through this improvement opportunity and they write it down and they have to circle it which to North impact it is, it connects it again to the overall strategy of the organization.
0: Okay, well, thanks for describing that um, for us, Game. Maybe just a final question here um, to help wrap up. You know, now that you're a few years into this process and you, you, you described it as an iterative process um, over time, uh, can you kind of describe at a high level what some of the benefits are to the organization that you've seen from doing strategy deployment and from um, getting better at doing strategy pr- uh, development perhaps over time?
1: Yeah, well, you know, when you're uh, inside of the organization, sometimes you don't appreciate the benefits that much. It's uh, but you're you're you know you're so close to it, it's you just don't see the forest for the trees. Sometimes it's really when people come and visit us, which they do all the time. We consistently get everybody telling us that they can't believe how everybody on the front line describes what our strategy is and how everybody understands how their work relates to the big picture. And I sort of have come to take that for granted, like, well, you know, of course, that's the way it's supposed to work, right? Um, but that's not the way it usually works. Now, that said, we still have many opportunities for improvement. So this is not like we do this universally well throughout our whole organization of close to 6,000 employees. Um, we're getting closer, and as uh, a um System CEO, you know, well, I can't go out and meet with 6,000 people all the time. And even if I do, I know that the amount of information they will remember of what our conversation is is pretty small. So it's really in the daily work of them at, at, a, at a center uh, where they're looking at ideas and problems and they're problem solving where you really reinforce that. So I think John Shook's the one that, and probably many people have said this, that it's easier to act your way in a new way of thinking than to think your way in a new way of acting. Well, this gets people actually acting in their uh, regular huddles using the process and reinforce so that it gets them to sort of act into a new way of thinking in concert with what the organization's goals are.
0: Well, great. Well, Dean, I want to thank you for taking time to you know, give an overview into strategy deployment and sharing uh, some of the great work you're doing there at Care.
1: Uh, absolutely. It's always fun to talk to you, Mark, and if this can help other organizations uh, improve their uh, performance and their strategy, deployment, always willing to do that. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast.
0: For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.